right, all right, all right. We are Crocodile Rockin' in the KCOU Studio A, and this is Mixed Doubles. I am your host, Blaze Fields. I'm joined here, as always, by my wonderful, wonderful, almost birthday girl co-host, Abigail Klapatowskis. Abigail, how are you doing this fine, this fine day? I am doing lovely, Blaze. Crocodile Rock, what a great way to start off. I had a 70s-themed cycle class today, so... Very, very exciting. Oh, yeah, no. I got to enjoy just going out there, getting some, you know, some exercise done, you know. Um, uh, you know, just, you know, just enjoying, enjoying your, uh, enjoying your morning. I, I, I'd love to hear that, Abigail, but, um, we, we got a lot of stuff to get into. We were going to open the show with a trade deal that happened in our fantasy football league. But you know what? We're going to save that for the end because, quite frankly, there is just way, 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 way too much going on in the world of sports to even worry about trivial matters like Abigail absolutely scamming me. So Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not use that uh, word you, before we No, 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 no. You, okay, okay, okay. Anyway, well, sorry. I'm a little bit biased, but we'll get into that in a minute. But first, we have huge news coming out of the Mizzou Tiger football realm. Uh, the Missouri Tigers have extended Blake Baker, the defensive coordinator. They've extended his contract through 2025 and have made him one of the top 20 most paid defensive coordinators in college football. Abigail, what what do you think? What, was this the right move for the, for Elijah Drinkwitz and the Tigers? Absolutely. I was could not be happier when I saw this tweet. It is a mark of the success Blake Baker has had, not only this season, but comparatively to 2021. 2021, their defense was ranked 106th in the FBS. This year, they are ranked 18th, excuse me, 19th or 18th, depending on the website you look at, within the top 20. That is absolutely crazy. Um, Last year, the defense was something that Missouri fans and analysts alike would remark as the Achilles heel of the Missouri Tigers team, the just kind of struggle. You'd watch them and groan. This year, we have a defense that is holding top 25 teams to under 20 points a game. I mean, that is absolutely insane. I love his leadership. I think this contract extension says we trust your leadership and your ability. We're going to have a lot of seniors uh, graduating this year, and I like that extension to keep some consistency on the team and keep that leadership and precision moving forward. And in my opinion, I think that... um that he has made the biggest difference to this football team, like by far, in Hands terms down. of everybody on this coaching staff, any player. This guy has been the guy who I think has driven the Mizzou Tigers to be a a, a potential bowl bowl contender here. I mean, that big of an improvement isn't luck, and it most certainly isn't talent either. It's just great coaching. You know, this is a this is a defense that didn't see that much turnover last year. It's a defense that was absolutely horrible with Steve Wilkes as defensive coordinator. And that kind of turnaround, it doesn't just happen overnight for a reason. It's not like these players just all of a sudden got better. This is working week in and week out with a very, very good defensive coordinator and a guy who just really, really, really knows how to scheme a defense. It seems like every week the Mizzou Tigers defense outside of K-State has been prepared for whatever an offense throws at them, you know? This was a South Carolina team last week that we kind of sort of manhandled, and this was a nationally ranked South Carolina team, you know? They held the Gamecocks to 37 yards rushing. 
And our rush defense hasn't been like the strong spot of this team. I, I think the strong the strong spot of this team has definitely been our 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 passing defense yeah. and our secondary. But they held the Gamecocks, who have a very very good run game, to 37 yards rushing. They made Spencer Rattler rush so many throws. He was sacked four times, and the Tigers have allowed under 40 rush yards. Three times in the past 13 years. This is a defense that we have not seen in probably the last decade since we were, you know, Mr. Hey, we might make the national championship, you know, F FBS, you know, computer decides the championship game type deal. It's been it's been a long time since our defense was that good. And honestly, as long as our offense keeps putting up like 20 points a game and doesn't make backbreaking mistakes, then this is a Mizzou Tigers team that honestly could beat pretty much anybody any given Saturday and it makes them exciting to watch and you mentioned a good point with the there's not any turnover rate this wasn't a brand new roster that he was trying to scheme around he had the leadership Tyron Hopper Carlisle, Joseph Carlson Martez Manuel both on the defensive line and in the secondary it was scheming the defense around their skills and towards the teams that they're facing and you say that yes we have he has done a really excellent job of changing up his defensive style more blitzes against South Carolina than against some other teams because he knew there was vulnerability at the quarterback position but there was also been an ability to adjust on the fly that we did not see with Steve Wilkes's defense oftentimes if something was going wrong for Steve Wilkes and their defensive structure which was very often in most games that issue would just get worse and worse throughout the game in the second half they would drop 20 30 points and dig themselves into these holes versus this year you're seeing Blake Baker uh, literally watching him on the sidelines get his defense together say hey here I'm assuming I'm not a fly on the wall in those conversations but then you're assuming there's some restructuring because they come back out okay after a long drive sometimes they give up some long yards uh, down the field you see them force a three and out on the next play and that ability to readjust on the fly during the game against top 25 teams is another shining characteristic of this defensive staff and I am just so impressed and I'm congratulations to Blake Baker all the deserving uh all the congratulations in the world yeah <laughs> all something the deserving. like that all the deserving <laughs> all right um speaking of great defense the Houston Astros are up three to two thanks to a lot of great web gyms down the stretch in a game five game that was very tightly contested Justin Verlander after years of World Series appearances going 0 for 6 6.07 ERA. This man is trash in the World Series. And he finally, finally gets that first win after, you know, man's 39. Who knows how long he'll be pitching. And finally, he gets the W in a thrilling game five. Abigail, the Phillies are down. Are they out for the count or is this a Rocky type story oh, for Philly. Definitely not out for the count. This World Series has been any man's game at any point in any inning. There there has been so much variety. Just looking at the simple spreads also, as we mentioned going into the World Series, this has been a pitcher's showcase basically every single game evidenced by the Phillies shutting him out in game three and the Astros getting a shutout in game four. Oh, not just a shutout, a no hitter, a no hitter, only the second combined no hitter in world series history. I mean, give it up for Christian Javier. What an impressive performance from him, but then for Justin Verlander to come out the next game and not force a no hitter, but still to execute that just goes to show the Astros depth at bullpen that we have been talking about will be the, might be the turning point, but the Phillies haven't broke yet. They have not broke. I don't know. I feel like this is going to push to a game seven, and I kind of like the Phillies' chances at this point, even after Verlander. Wow. Is there, after hitting 
excuse me, pitching a no-hitter and then going to game five and winning a tight game, at some point does that electricity run out for the Astros and does the underdog take over? I don't You're think so. You're looking at me like, no, there's no I, way. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. My thing is that I feel like the Phillies, in their wins, they've been just long ball, long ball, long ball. And that's kind of what I that's kind of what we thought was gonna happen. Yeah. We knew the Phillies were gonna capitalize on the long ball. Lance McCullers, you know, there's a little bit of controversy on whether he was tipping pitches or not. And, you know, <laughs> um, Abigail just, you know, made a thinking face. Um and look, the fact of the matter is, is if the Phillies if the if the Astros pitchers aren't on, the Phillies batters will make you pay. But there are so many good pitchers here that I just don't see the Phillies getting lucky twice in a row. But it's not because the Phillies haven't been in scoring position. Their own general manager said they had plenty of opportunities in scoring position during Game 5 and they weren't able to capitalize. Yeah, and they if couldn't If they finish. start capitalizing... That's the difference between a World Series title. Is this, is this a Phillies team, though, that can finish like that? Because the mm, Phillies, no Phillies hitter is hitting above 250. And although guys like Schwarber, Harper, and Baum, they've got slugging percentages over 500, you know, they are destroyed. If a pitcher is off, they will, they will hammer them. But the thing is, though, they are not consistent. You know, a solo home run here, a solo home run there will work if a guy like Lance McCullers is just absolutely terrible. But... The thing is, though, is that they will probably have to face Verlander, or not Verlander, they'll probably have to face Christian Javier in Game 7. They're going to have to go, they're going to have to run the gauntlet of two very good Astros pitchers coming up. You know, I'm sure McCullers might get another start. Like, it really depends what Dusty Baker's going to do here. But you never know. We're at a point now where a guy like Justin Verlander will probably come out of the bullpen in Game 6 and Game 7, you know? Are the Phillies prepared to handle that? I don't know. It's so do you think the Astros win it all tonight? Or, excuse me, tomorrow night when they face them in Houston? I'm going to say... Or do you think this goes to Game 7? It, it. I just think that... I think that both games are like a 50-50 toss-up. But the Phillies got to win both of those. The Phillies got to win so both of those games. So you're basically saying that no, 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 what no, no, I just said is true. It's a very even matchup. It's no, it's it's, it's, it's it's a very even matchup. But being down being down a game is not very helpful. I think that true. there's there are a lot more outcomes where the Astros win this World Series than there are when the Phillies do. And it's going to take a lot of luck. I wouldn't say a lot of luck. It's going to take some luck, and it's going to take an absolute implosion by this Astros pitching staff for that to happen. All right, we'll see. <laughs> Agree to disagree. But Agree to disagree. You have all the knowledge. I like believing a little more in the magic, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, our last sort of headline here is that we've got a very, very, very important matchup coming up in the SEC, and that is Tennessee facing off in Georgia in the dog pound. Woof, woof. Who wrote that headline? That please? was that was you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Very much. Do you want to uh, do you want to give us a woof? No. <laughs> I don't want that on recording. That, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but this is a, this is a very important game. Tennessee was ranked number one by the College Football Playoff Committee. Are you surprised? Am I surprised? Oh, of course I'm surprised. Same. Of course I'm surprised. I thought Georgia was going to have it. You know, I figured they'd be willing to give the defending champ a little bit of slack. I'm uh, surprised, but I agree with the college football selection committee. I you agree do? that Tennessee belongs at the top. Yes. Wow. Because of Georgia's near losses to opponents they shouldn't have lost to. 
And I like this. I like... I was really excited about the top 25 I, I just never thought there would be a world where Tennessee would end up being a number one team according to the playoff committee. I mean, and also the fact that Georgia was ranked below Ohio State was kind of crazy to me because you think of the fact that you know Georgia's had to play really tough SEC competition. Ohio State nearly fumbled the bag against Penn State, who is a very good a very good team, but that was just also crazy to me. You know, I I, I kind of predicted that it would be Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, and then I thought that maybe Michigan would slide into that top four, but Tennessee, apparently they're the uh, the top dog. Abigail, what do you think is going to happen in this matchup? Do you have a quick prediction for us before we uh, kick it to break here? I like the Tennessee spirit, and I love their high-scoring offense. I think they've gone in as an underdog until these rankings came out, and finally they're getting the acknowledgement that they deserve. If you've watched them in any of their matchups this season, they have a extra attack and aggression that Georgia feels a little complacent this season. And I mean, it's definitely going to be, it's just so impossibly hard to vote against Georgia in their home field. Georgia has all of the playoff experience and this game feels like a playoff matchup, right? And because let's play it out. If Tennessee loses, then you have, that makes it tricky with Alabama with one loss, Georgia with no losses, suddenly Tennessee scrambling a little bit. I still think they get in, but I think if they go into this game attacking like it's a playoff game, maybe they can pull an upset. I think it would be an upset even though they're ranked above Georgia right now. Okay, I, I completely agree. I think considering the fact that home field advantage, Georgia's got that pedigree, I think that Georgia will probably end up winning this game, sending Tennessee, they'll probably end up above Alabama still like they'll probably be in contention for a top four spot but we'll we'll see what happens I think this is a very important game for both teams though I think if Georgia loses this it might be a little bit devastating for for them ranking wise because you know losing at home against a team that the general public thinks is worse than you that's tough hurts that's tough but uh hey you know shout out to TCU you know they're 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 seventh they're ranked behind Alabama I'd love to see them get into the playoff just to add a little bit of variety um, they're my they're my team of destiny, I think, in terms of here's a team that is very, very talented and they haven't been in the top four yet. I think they're like last year's Cincinnati. Everyone's saying Bama will lose to LSU or maybe LSU can pull an upset. I don't see that happening, but no, if they do, there's happening. a chance. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to kick it to break here. This is uh, Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. Stay tuned. We're going to be talking about the absolute whirlwind that is the Brooklyn Nets. Keep it here. A little bit about the show if you've never listened before. This is the gold standard. We talk about Olympic sports. United States got 25 medals, which put them fifth in the medal count. Figure skating, news. I get the feeling I'm going to do what I did last show and talk way too long about world figure skating and not have the proper time to talk about the other things. Or sometimes whatever I feel like. Chiefs Bills played each other this weekend in the playoffs and it was a time. But it's my show, so that's what I get to do. Tune in Thursdays at 10. I know marijuana is harmful. I know it can't improve my game. My friends and I have faced many battles, and we have always dueled without drugs. I wouldn't be the world's best duelist if I smoked marijuana. It would disappoint my friends and lower my concentration. And losing control with drugs is one duel I don't want to have. 
I must stay healthy and keep my friends close if I want to defeat my opponent's monsters. I will never dishonor myself or my friends by using drugs. That's playing a game I can't win. Honor. My anti-drug. KCOU were just normal enough to appreciate Drake's cultural relevance, but just weird enough to make a sweeper like this. KCOU. KCOU. Culture. KCOU. Society. KCOU. You. Me. Togetherness. Equality. Eternity. KCOU. Deep Space. Travel and Leisure. KCOU. Magazine subscription. Ends eventually. Just as all of us KCOU 98.1 FM Columbia, Missouri. Welcome back to Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. Um, the song, that song was Sugar We're Going Down. And let me tell you else, let me tell you who else is going down the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they've gotten off to a pretty, pretty bad start on the court. And um, it's looking like it's about to be the same way off the court. Um, it was announced earlier about, what was it, Wednesday? Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday, early Wednesday, the Nets would be parting away, uh, parting ways with Steve Nash and our hiring disgraced Boston Celtics head coach, Ime Udoka. Um, that was followed by Kyrie Irving putting an anti-Semitic movie. There's been debate on whether he was quote-unquote promoting it between Kyrie Irving and literally every person on the face of the planet. Um, and he has since apologized with what I call the, um, this was obviously written by a PR person apology, and had a little bit of a controversial press conference. He's had multiple strings of controversial press conferences, and he's just said some stuff that is untrue. He's promoted anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, he, he, I mean, he put a clip of Alex Jones on his story. Like, I, I really, I really have no idea what he's trying to do, but it has led to a souring between his relationship with the Brooklyn Nets and pretty much anybody with a, a working brain um, as, has kind of had a negative opinion on Kyrie Irving. This comes after Kanye West got into a lot of a controversy around some anti-Semitic things that he said. We're not going to get into that. But, yeah, this is a Brooklyn Nets team that, like, I I really don't even know where to start. I don't think there's... We have seen teams be terrible. We've seen teams like the Charlotte Bobcats where they win, like, six games, and it's just like, oh, boy, what are we doing here? But I have never seen a team just implode on itself like the Brooklyn Nets to the point to where they are disrespected not only as a team but as like an actual organization and it's just I'm 
I'm shocked. I'm legitimately shocked. Um, I guess we should start by going into the Ime Udoka stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, out of all the head coaching hires they could have made, you've got Quinn Snyder. You've got you've got people who are just recently like just recently fired. Like there are so many great coaches out there that they could have they could have gone after, and instead they decided to talk to Boston, blindsiding the Celtics players. By the way, apparently they had no idea this was going to happen, and now Ime Udoka will be circumventing what was a season long suspension by the team and going to play for the Nets, um, or coach for the Nets. Abigail? So much controversy surrounding this entire situation. One of the kind of interesting asides, Kevin Durant hasn't come up too much in headlines because now, of course, Kyrie Irving is stealing all the media attention. But what you may recall, this pa- in the offseason this summer, Kevin Durant was in negotiation talks with the Nets, and he basically gave the uh, upper office an ultimatum, ultimatum saying... Uh, If you don't get rid of Marks, the general manager, and Steve Nash, I'm leaving. And then one of the headlines that caught my attention when researching the story was, quote, Kevin Durant, who called for Nets to fire Steve Nash during offseason, says he was shocked by Coach's exit. What? You literally said, no, I'm leaving this team if we don't fire Steve Nash. And that internal disrespect that you talk about of coaching staff and superior power and there's obviously turmoil now of course against the players and there was turmoil even before Kyrie Irving started talking off the court evidenced by their poor performance and just abysmal start to the season but Kevin Durant's audacity to say I'm gonna leave if you don't get rid of this coach now there's an argument to be made that Steve Nash never fit at that team excellent player perhaps not the best coach but there's also an argument to be made that perhaps not a single coach was really going to make this work when there's such weird dynamics between Simmons and Irving and Durant. And there's just a lot of controversy, but I don't know. I don't know if Ime Udoka makes the situation better. If he just, I don't know if this season is salvageable at this point. Maybe this was a, a negotiation that will benefit them down the line, but it's weird and kind of gross at the same time. And your point, Blaze, we had talked before the kind of transitioning to talk about Kyrie Irving. We Blaze and I had spoke before the show talking about all of his tweets and all of the content that has come up, just anti-Semitic, some are labeling hate speech, and I think there's an argument to be made for that. And unfortunately, the journalist's role in this has kind of given breath to his words and definitely given a platform to all these tweets a lot of journalists are retweeting Kyrie Irving or quoting his words in their own tweets and of course condemning it but by retweeting and sharing those words they're still being shared and I have to admit I was almost going to do the same thing we were going to maybe talk about what he had said and just kind of dissect why it's awful and then I was like Uh, researching some different journalists who are part of the Jewish community, and they keep saying, please stop talking about what he is saying. Please stop promoting that hate speech, even if you are condemning it, because you are spreading those words. And I thought, that's a really good lesson for myself to take and perhaps for other journalists. Kind of a just reminder to think about whose voice we're amplifying in this story. Right now, or at least about 20 minutes ago when I checked Twitter, Kyra Irving was still trending on Twitter. Can we not get a Jewish rights activist organization who are talking but not being promoted? Maybe they should be the ones that are trending on Twitter right now. Or can we give a different voice with a little bit 
more empowering message. And the people that are being hurt by this situation, are they the speakers whose voices we should be amplifying and not Kyrie Irving, who's just spewing nonsense? And when he's apologizing, as Blaze mentioned, not doing so out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah, I I really just could not believe like how this situation has unfolded and how Kyrie Irving is just so like hellbent on not apologizing or taking responsibility. I mean, he should be he should be in the Olympics for the amount of mental gymnastics he has done to defend what he has said. And it took, you know, he he goes out there, he makes an Instagram post, he apologize you know he apologizes in a statement right you and know to clarify, and that he, was only after he was suspended by the nets the apology yes. came after his suspension not before yeah. and at the press conference when the reporters were asking for him to do so yeah and he just will say stuff like oh i didn't mean to cause anybody any harm i'm not the one who made the documentary and just stuff like that where it, it it's so obvious that he thinks that um that he thinks he's on like the right side of history here and it's just not true and you know it's bad whenever you know at first it was just a it was a simple hey the nets are giving five hundred thousand to the adl which is a jewish organization that you know helps to prevent anti-semitic comments and stuff like that um and i think they do a very good job of you know categorizing hate speech and marking it down and and giving people that kind of information and the nets are like we'll give you five hundred thousand dollars Kyrie's gonna give you five hundred thousand dollars you know trying to sweep it under the rug with a donation and then Kyrie he donates the money after he donates the money he goes out and says just horrible horrible stuff like just trying to defend his actions and the ADL says, oh, we're not actually going to accept your donation. They're like, we can't, we're not going to take money from you. Are you kidding me? After you do that, they're like, we can't in good faith do that. It, it, like if, if you mess up so badly that when you try to repair, like repair what you've done wrong and the people are like, nah, like that half a million dollars goes a long way and it didn't, it, let me tell you what, Kyrie's got a longer way to go than just that. He's been, he's been suspended for a minimum of five games he might not come back. He might not come back because the thing is, is that the Nets front office, they already knew they were stepping into a PR madhouse by hiring Ime Udoka, which they obviously should be because they are hiring somebody who was suspended for workplace, you know, workplace misconduct. That is, you know, absolutely terrible. And I think the Celtics made the right decision by suspending him for a year um, and then they were just like, yeah, we're, we'll take, we'll take them off your hands. Don't worry about it. We, we got you. What about the disrespect that action shows to the women involved at the Celtics organization and just the Celtics organization as a whole to just step on the toes of that consequence and say, we don't value that decision. We would rather have him coaching our team. Yeah. And you know, you've got, you've got an organization like the Spurs right now who are dealing with a Deshaun Watson-esque situation with uh their first round draft pick josh primo they cut him waved him like he's done he's probably blacklisted from the league and like the fact that like all of these horrible like it it feels like it feels like we're touching on every social issue with the nba at this point which is just crazy if i was adam silver i know he's got no hair but if i if i was adam silver and i had any sort of hair it would be gone it'd be pulled out 
Meanwhile, where is Adam Silver in this conversation? Blaze brought up a good point when we were talking about this story before getting on the air, saying the suspension came at the hands of the Nets. The NBA, while they've released a very vague statement in support of the Jewish community on Twitter over the weekend, haven't come out and asked for a suspension themselves, as far as I know, at least as of currently. Does the NBA as an entire organization have more of a stance in this? And should they do they have hold a responsibility to hold their players and their coaches more accountable for punishing these actions? I mean, I, I think that the I, it's a fine line between like, oh, we're worried about freedom of speech and we're worried about, you know, hate speech and all this stuff. And I think that's something that the the NBA has to figure this out though before this just turns into like absolute ridiculousness because you never know when you know <laughs> what I I don't know because at the same time at the same time uh oh my gosh I think it was I for, I forgot his name uh the Heat player who used a anti-Semitic slur on. A video game, he got suspended indefinitely by the NBA for using an anti-Semitic slur. And I feel like the two are kind of comparable with all the damage that Kyrie Irving has been doing. And it just sucks because not only not only is Kyrie Irving saying this stuff, but there's a huge difference between Kyrie Irving saying this and just the average Joe across the street. The average Joe across the street, nobody's going to care. They're going to be like, ah, we can... Somebody should take him to the Holocaust Museum and make him, you know, realize what he's saying, you know, and realize the damage that has been done to the Jewish community. Kyrie Irving, however, he's probably surrounded by yes men. He's probably surrounded by agents who are just like, hey, buddy, they might need you to chill out with that. Cool it with the anti-Semitism. And then you've got people who are going to hear him say this and see the backlash that he's getting and be like, oh, I can't believe that, you know, and they're going to paint Kyrie as the victim and then start digging in more to what he's saying. That's and, the issue and is the support myth him. is not being refuted with enough angst and aggression. All of the falsified perpetuation of historical myths that he continues to tweet out while people are claiming it's anti-Semitic, which is very true, it's also not being clear and forceful enough that none of what he is saying has any substantiation and it's just a perpetuation of extremely racist belief like that yeah. is the core of the message that we need to get out and to your point about free speech i think an argument that doesn't receive enough light of day yes you have free speech in the united states but you are not free of the consequence of your speech yeah. and in any other workplace that isn't a professional sports organization you are fired on the spot for saying things that condemn and hurt anyone, but especially an entire community of people. Yeah. Those are the consequences of those words. You can say those words and tweet those words if you feel the, I don't know, if you want to, but you are not, you don't have the right not to face the consequences of that. And the organ NBA as an organization remember needs to remember that they hold the power to impose consequences, to set a precedent that this is not going to be accepted because he's an ex excellent basketball player. Yeah, There should be no equate or dismissal of his voice because of his athleticism that is a terrible I mean we saw that with Deshaun Watson isn't that kind yeah. of the same oh because he's an excellent quarterback he is going to face fewer consequences than a management executive might in a regular professional yeah and, uh, and we'll we'll kick it to break here in a second but I think 
I, I think what, what hurts the most about this is when the average person says something that could be anti-Semitic or prejudiced, they have to, they, they suffer the consequences and that usually leads to them changing their mind or growing as a person. When Kyrie Irving says something that is prejudiced or anti-Semitic, along with other various pieces of misinformation that he's spread, which was like, ha ha funny, he thinks the world's flat. Ha ha funny, he thinks dinosaurs weren't real. It's funny until it isn't. It, it's funny until it isn't. And so whenever Kyrie Irving spreads harmful stuff, yes, he suffers the consequences, but the consequences have not been severe. People will lose their job over saying stuff like that, which which you said. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving has made hundreds of millions of dollars. Where's Nike? Nike dropped Kanye after saying anti-Semitic stuff. What Kanye said, definitely worse, but it's still anti-Semitic. Kyrie Irving is still going to make millions of dollars off his shoes and off his, you know, merch and everything that he does with Nike in spite of the fact that, you know, I don't know. I, I really, it's just such a multifaceted issue and it's something that we could talk about for pretty much the entire hour. But alas, I'm going to step down off my soapbox here and we're going to kick it to break. This is Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. Stay tuned. We're going to play a fun little game with Abigail Klapatowskis that she has no idea is happening. So, uh, Abigail, good luck. Have fun. This is Mixed Doubles. Salute Your Sports is back and better than ever. Tune in at our new time, 12 p.m. on Fridays on KCOU 88.1 FM and at our website, kcou.fm. Salute Your Sports is going on our 11th year strong, the longest-running Mizzou-centric KCOU radio show, and you can catch myself, Zach Berman, David Campbell, and Adam Busek as we talk all things Missouri Tigers. Once again, 12 p.m. Central on KCOU 88.1 FM. Today's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Oh, nuts! There's a bobcat in this cave! Save us, sassy! You will, but first you'd like to stress the importance of cat adoption? Over 5 million cats go into animal shelters every year and they need to be adopted? Help us, sassy! Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt. Hello and welcome back to Mixed Doubles. That Abigail, that that was a little teaser for what you are going to be doing today. We're we're playing a fun game with Abigail. I call it I I call it the boy from the six. All right. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with who that could possibly be? Are you familiar with the six as a concept? No. Are you familiar with um, Canada? Yes. Are you are you familiar with Canadian rappers? No. Well, Drake. He ding 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 Woo! ding ding. Oh, All right. So the new Drake Twenty One Savage album came out last night. Last night, right? 
we've got a fun, we got a few fun questions. We've got a few fun questions for Abigail regarding Drake and the intersection of sports lyrics. Oh boy. And and just sports in general. Drake, huge sports fan, had to delay his last, well, three albums ago, Certified Lover Boy. Um, it's a very bad album, but he had to delay the album, not because it was bad, but because he tore his ACL playing basketball. He's a certified hooper. He played wheelchair Jimmy in Degrassi, a famous basketball player, and then he uh, got shot and ended up in a wheelchair. Uh, yeah, I bet you didn't know this. Drake was on a teen Nick drama before he got famous as a rapper. He was an actor. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We're, we're really, we are, I am overwhelming Abigail right now. And that is exactly what I plan to do. So Abigail here, I have got, um, six questions about Drake, Drake and sports. Okay. All right. Um, some of these are going to be song lyrics. We've got two other questions that are about, uh, Drake and, um, Sports. For those that don't know, first of all, I had no idea what the concept of this mystery game of mystery, as it's labeled in our outline, is. And second of all, Blaze likes to tease me about my just woefully limited knowledge about rappers. So, hence the laughter. I'm a bit freaking out right now, but I'm very excited. Maybe I know a little bit more than I than I think I do. Perhaps. Okay. Okay. Well, um, we're we're about to get into it. I gotta I gotta pull it up here. Um, you know, nothing like some just good old fashioned. Uh, Stalling. I like stalls. Do you like stalls? Um, stalls are pretty cool. I like horse stalls because they have horses in it. Okay. Anyway, so Abigail, we're gonna we're getting into the lyrics portion. Okay, this is gonna be four questions about Drake lyrics. You have to finish the blank in the lyric. All right. This All right, this, song, this song this song is called in. this song is called Draft Day. It came out in 2014. Okay, this was based around the NFL draft. This came out a couple days before the or no, a couple days after the NFL draft. Okay. Here's how it goes. Draft day. Blank. Five years later, how am I the man still? Your options here are draft. Oh, it's multiple choice. It's, Thank yeah, goodness. your options here. Your options here are people who were drafted in the 2014 NFL draft. Ooh. Is the answer draft day? Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day. Ryan Shazier. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day, Malcolm Butler, five years later, how am I the man still? Okay, well, my gut reaction was not Johnny Manziel because I don't recall him being any sort of figure five years later in 2019. However, rhyming-wise, that kind of seems to be the closest fit. So I'm going to say Johnny Manziel. Correct, Abigail. All right. What do I I win? Because I'm the only one playing, I I automatically win, right? No, you have to get, you have to get, we'll say you have to get four out of six. You have to get four out of six, and I'll give you 30 seconds to talk about whatever you would like. Oh, all right, cool. You're winning airtime here. Okay, number two. Catch me because I'm going, out of there, gone. How do I go from six to 23 like I'm blank? LeBron? Wow, Abigail. Abigail pulling up, not even the multiple, okay, okay. Two, two for six. Two for six here. All right, this one's going to be a little bit harder. Can't picture being a hubby, finger too stubby to fit a ring on, unless blank want to run it back. Is it Giannis, Stephen Curry, or Kawhi Leonard? Uh, Steph Curry? It is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, you know? I, I, won't, I won't get to why that is the lyric, because... Um, 
Is he, uh, might, so he's not married? No, 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 no. Yeah, of course he's not married. Oh, then I misinterpreted. Obviously, Steph right. Curry has a wife. Shout out Aisha Curry. Yeah, the six ain't friendly, but that's where I lay up. This blank be a blank and layup. I been blank with the shot, been cooking with the sauce, blank with the pot boy. I might need to hear the multiple choice. The multiple choice here is Ray Allen, Kevin Durant, or Stephen Curry. Yeah, the six ain't friendly, but that's where I lay up. I've been blank with the shot, been cooking with the sauce. Chef blank with the... Ray Allen. No, it is Steph Curry. Oh, I should have... Oh, Steph Curry with the up. shot, been cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry. Did he play with uh, the six? No, never. Okay. No. He wasn't... He was never on the Sixers, right? Nine no, Sixers. he's just he, he was just saying that. Uh, I'm just overthinking. These. He the Six ain't friendly. He's from the Six. The Six is Toronto, Canada. Oh, this is all coming together now. Got yes. it. My Canadian. Okay. So got it. So right okay. now, right now, you are two for four. Oof, so you gotta get. get you gotta two. get the next two. Oh man. All right. What? Do you, believe, do you have faith in me, Blaze? Oh, I've got faith in you. Oh, all right. All right. We've got. We've got these. This is the two non-lyric related questions. So we've got, he came out with the World Champions Pack, and it's got um, the hit song Money in the Grave. When I die, put my money in the grave. Uh, that's a that's a song that's on there. Um, anyway, um, he, rele- he released this. Well, yeah, you could do that, but come on. It's kind of baller to say I put my money this in the grave. This is true. All right. He put, he, okay, sorry. He released this album. Not album. It was a it was a EP. Anyway, after what professional sports team won a championship? Are there multiple choice options? No. Year. I will give you 2019. So this could be the Kansas City Chiefs, <clears throat> the Toronto Raptors, or the Washington Nationals. Toronto Raptors because it's the six. We're the, talking about Canada. On. There we go. I, I'm shocked I had to give you a multiple choice for that. All right. This it all, it all comes down to this, Abigail. It all comes down to this. Also, I realized I just made so much dead air in my thinking space. No, you're good. Sorry for not thinking out loud, listeners. What, what dynamic duo does Drake allegedly have tatted on his arm? Is it Tom Brady... And Rob Gronkowski, is it Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, or is it Steph Curry and Kevin Durant? You said Steph Curry is from the six. No. Oh, my bad. All no, right. he's like. I mean, I don't know where Steph Curry's from. I think he's from California. Then I'm gonna do the middle option. We're gonna go with the middle option. So your final answer. Yes. Your final answer is Michael Whatever. Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Yes. Oh, Abigail, I'm sorry, but you've come a qu- an answer short. It was Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry. He's oh, good sure. friends with the boys. Uh, pretty sure he was at their championship. Whenever they won the championship against the Cavs, I'm pretty sure he's in the locker room. So, Abigail, you have lost the Drake Day trivia. Ugh, can you at least tell me what the uh, Drake 21 Savage album is called? No. 
Well, I guess it's just her loss. I'm going to let you think on that one. This is Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. We'll be right back talking fantasy football trades. What? All right, let's get it. Hi, sports fanatics. We are Luca Vitalik. Ryan Walterman. And Ben Schmidt. Let us introduce you to a weekly favorite sports podcast on KCOU 88.1 FM. On Around the Wave, several guests and us provide you the most thorough Mizzou sports coverage. Also, NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL coverage where we debate. Provide legendary lists. And give bold predictions. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 o'clock Central Time on KCOU 88.1 FM. We hope to see you there. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Not the kid, the grown-up. You know what I am? I'm your allergy medicine, your vitamins, maybe even your cough syrup. Each year, thousands of kids get sick. Some even die. Because I'm used the wrong way. Kids get confused and think I'm candy. Now you know what I am? I'm your worst nightmare. For free info, log on to SaveKids.org. Protect your kids from accidental poisoning. KCOU. We're just normal enough to appreciate Drake's cultural relevance, but just weird enough to make a sweeper like this. KCOU. Well, it's safe to say that Abigail is feeling pretty low after losing Drake trivia. Oh, terrible, terrible scene. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Low but not surprised. And I got two of them correct. You had three of them correct. Oh, three. Look at me. I yeah. mean, I that was embarrassing, yes, but I take my win, my losses like my wins. Humble and get over it and let's move on. Yeah. And, and you've you... already taken the L on this next segment, so I'm feeling pretty good. Fair enough. All right. So we've got a little bit of sad news. If you've been keeping up with our social media pages, um, you probably already know about this by now. But there was there was a little bit of a discussion. But I called Abigail, and I, um, uh, oh, oh, sorry, my my phone was it. It still says Justin Herbert is on my team, but it, that is most definitely changed. Um, basically, what, what happened was, I called Abigail. I'm looking at my team, and I'm like, you know, I think the only place I could serve to prove is uh, improve is at quarterback. And I mean, Justin Herbert's a top tier QB, but I'm like, I really want the big guy. I really want a the kind of guy that will like go out there and win me a football game. Keep Put that up thought points. in mind. Keep this thread in mind, listeners, about how much he wanted Patrick Mahomes. Whoa, Mr. Uh, biggest Chiefs fan I know. Okay. All right. Continue, please. All right. So I call Abigail and I'm like, hey, Abigail, you know, I'm just thinking like, you know, maybe we can get a trade going. Maybe, you know, like I can help you. You help me. We'll make a, a nice little decision. And I'm like, look. I'm going to be real with you. I think Justin Herbert plus a wide receiver because I've got Jalen Waddell, I've got Cooper Cup, and I've got A.J. Brown. These are basically the top three wide receivers in all of fantasy. I can serve to lose not one of them, but a, a bench wide receiver. So I say, hey, Abigail, I'll trade you a wide receiver off my bench and Justin Herbert, who offers very similar value to Patrick Mahomes. 
and I get Patrick Mahomes because if you think about it, like Abigail wins no matter what because Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes are close to each other. Patrick Mahomes just has like a little bit of that X factor. And I was like, that's why I'll give her like a wide receiver because wide receivers are infinitely more valuable than quarterbacks for reasons I won't get into because this isn't the fantasy football show. You can watch ESPN plus for that or something. I don't know. Um, so I call Abigail and I'm like, Hey, I'll offer you Justin Herbert and Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson had a very, very good game last week. He put up 17 points, seven, six receptions, 115 yards. That was, he had a great game. There are also some games where he didn't even put up 20 points. He's uh, been struggling. That's because Zach Wilson is not good. Right, exactly. But, Thank but, you. But, 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 I feel like that's fair enough for Patrick Mahomes. I I send this trade. Abigail says, oh, what? Because you think I'm a girl? You think I'll fall for that trade? And I'm like, what do you mean fall for that trade? That's a very good trade. It's very, it's even. It's an even deal. And she's like, no, 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 no. It's going to take more than that, buddy. She says, Cooper Cup for Patrick Mahomes. And I'm like, Abigail, do I need to call the authorities? Like, do I need to have, like, the DEA come and search your room for illegal substances? Why are you being so dramatic about this? Because I, no, but in no whoa, world whoa, would whoa. Cooper Cup be worth a Patrick or a Patrick Mahomes worth be worth less. a Cooper Cup. I did, what I are ran, you talking I about? I ran some numbers, all right? I literally, in my bedroom this morning, and actually the night of when I sent this trade. And by the way, I was not then asking for Justin Herbert. Clean trade. One for one. No! Patrick Mahomes averages 24 points per game. Cooper Cup is only averaging 23.8. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Differential. Clean trade points for points. You said yourself wide receivers are more valuable than a quarterback. I'm taking a more valuable wide receiver, and you're getting a top-tier quarterback no. that oh, scores the oh, same oh, average, averages the same oh, amount Abigail. of points per game. Abigail, you don't, Where is you the don't understand. Logic? Every quarterback puts up like 20 points per game. Oh, I don't understand, Blaze. Is that the no, comment no, 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 you no, no, want to no, no, take no, there? No. I'm just saying every quarterback averages like in the ballpark of 17 yes, to 20 I points know, per Blaise, game. But I'm saying scoring-wise... It, the score wise doesn't matter because you have two other top tier wide receivers still. Yeah, but I don't. Okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Abigail, Abigail was trying to trying to. I'll explain my strategy once we me, go through me. and see what happens. The listeners okay, okay, will take okay, my side. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then I say, Abigail, there's no way. And then she says, Okay, AJ Brown, and I'm like, Abigail, there's no way. And then I say, Look, Abigail, I'm tired of having this conversation. I want Patrick Mahomes. I'll give you my best bench wide receiver. I was like, I'll give you Justin Herbert and Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. In spite of the fact that Tyler Lockett is worth more than Patrick Mahomes is, that would be a good... That is a strong argument to make, and I don't think you're right in what saying you th- so. Oh, Tyler Lockett oh, is worth oh, more than oh, Patrick oh, Mahomes. Oh. On my team. Look at my team with not the best wide receivers. Patrick Mahomes is the core but of my the, offense. Okay, fair enough. But in the general, in the general like workspace, like in the general like universe of fantasy sure, football. Sure, but we're talking Blaze versus Abigail here. Okay. I'm not trading with the general workspace. All right, all right, I have all right. Adam Thielen and Jacoby Myers to deal with. All right. This the, isn't an the, excellent uh, wide receiver squad. This is fair this is fair enough. This is fair enough. I, I, I get what you're saying now. But to me, I was like, why why would I ever make that trade? Why would I ever make that trade? At first, but now after hearing Abigail throw two offers that were so unbelievably out of the ballpark, Tyler Lockett and 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 Justin Herbert seem like a fair trade. Uh, you know how many people I have told that I traded Justin Herbert and Tyler Lockett for Patrick Mahomes, and they've said, "Wow, you got scammed." 
Literally okay, everybody. Se- mm, I'm not going to throw sexism out because I'm joking and people aren't going to understand that I'm joking. But is it a scam or is it a strategy and shrewd business strategy on no, my part? No, it is shrewd I'm, business I'm not strategy. Saying, uh, okay, okay. Take it from this. It, At first offer, you were going to give me Wilson. Okay. I wanted Tyler Lockett in the back of my mind, right? No, I, I didn't d- actually think you were going to give me Cooper I, Cup. I give you I, I give figure you if I throw out Cooper Cup, you're going to blanch at the opportunity, say absolutely not, call me crazy, text me in all caps. Okay, that's fine because I really want Tyler Lockett. So if I throw out a crazy offer at the beginning, which honestly, points-wise, isn't so crazy, but that's fine, I ended up with my goal wide receiver yeah. Tyler Lockett. No, uh, no. So and is it a scam or <laughs> is it you fell right into my strategy and I'm just a shrewd business dealer okay. and you didn't know okay. who you were interacting it's with? Exagger- it's exaggeration when I say it's a scam because it's not like you misled me. It's not like you said, here, I'll give you Patrick Mahomes and then actually traded me, uh, <laughs> you actually traded me Jackson Mahomes. That or would be a scam. Matrick Mahomes, a guy on like the NFL fantasy app that doesn't exist or something like that. Like that, no, that is like you, you traded me what you said you were going to. However, and you accepted, you were the one no, that threw I, out the last trade. I will mind you, you're the one that suggested Herbert and Tyler Lockett because you, I tired you down. No, I wore I, you I down. Agree. I'm and just you saying, I'm just saying, all caps and said, fine. And I said, I'm just Thank saying, you. you won, like, you won in the fantasy negotiate. Like, that was, Thank you. That, that was, is what I was looking for. That was S tier negotiation tactics by you. And I felt, like S tier, like super tier, like above A tier, like that. That is, and honestly, at this point, like I, the way I rationalized it is, look, Patrick Mahomes is worth more to me than Tyler Lockett is, Aww. and Justin Herbert. You know, it's basically a one for one trade. Herbert for like, Mah- like for Herbert for Mahomes. Like I don't need Herbert anyway. And I get Tyler Lockett, and I pulled on your sentimental so, heartstrings, and I wore you down with my tactics, and I won the business. This trade. is like this is like whenever this is like whenever like uh, an MLB team that's about to go to the playoffs trades with like one of the last place teams, and is like. We want your best player for a bunch of prospects. I'm not saying you're the last place team. I'm not doing well. To be fair, I, th- this was no, the shining no. moment of my fantasy no, season. No, but like the thing is, you don't have a bad team. You you really do not have a bad team. But the th- I don't have a star team. Is the problem the thing? The thing is though, is that this is like, this is like, you know, you don't need Patrick Mahomes. You need like Justin Herbert and Tyler Lockett because yes. your wide receiver depth isn't as good. I don't need any wide receiver depth. I was just like, let me get a little luxury. It's like it's like buying like a Louis V bag. It's like, do I really need to spend five hundred dollars on a Louis V bag? No, no, I I do not need to spend five dollars on a Louis V bag, or five hundred dollars. I was on gonna a, say <laughs> yeah. that would be a steal. No, that would be no. A scam. I could buy I could buy a purse from JC Penney's for sixty bucks, and there it and it served the same purpose. Blaze likes the however, purses. However, however, you know, if I'm doing well enough in my life that I could buy the new Louis, then I gotta get the Louis. That's all that's all it is. I'm just saying, looking into next year, and we gotta close out our show here, but looking into <laughs> next season, Blaze, I think you will learn not to underestimate the trading power and business strategy of Abigail Klaptowski. Wow. You know, I if I underestimated you, then I would have offered you like Justin Herbert and like Alec Pierce or like somebody who Valid. is like actually bad. Like if I sat here and I said, Oh yeah, I'm gonna scam Abigail, then I would have offered you like my backup tight end and like a wide receiver who like on paper looks good but is actually terrible, right? This is true. Like, cause that's happened in leagues before where there will be just like there'll be like, oh, here's a here's somebody who doesn't know a lot about fantasy football. Here's a scam trade, accept it, they accept it, they finish last place, they don't care. But you see, 
I know Abigail cares about fantasy football and is very knowledgeable. So I offered her a fair trade and then she she out negotiated me. She drives a hard bargain. What can I say? Well, I, you know. This is so satisfying I, to me. I'm just like <laughs> floating on a cloud right now. But unfortunately, right, well, we gotta close this we gotta out. We gotta close please. this out. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna close it out before my dignity gets tarnished even more. And you know, my 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 dear dad, who may or may not listen to this show, I've never asked him, but one would hope, um, calls me and says, "Son, I'm disowning you for uh, making a bad fantasy football trade." So we're gonna we're gonna get out of here before that happens. Uh, this is mixed doubles on KCLU. 88.1 FM. We are in here every Friday at 1 p.m. Y'all know the drill. If you wanna, if you wanna listen to us not at 1 p.m., we have a Spotify page and we have an Apple Music. We've got a whole RSS feed actually. So there are a lot of music platforms and pod- podcast places you can find our stuff. But you know what? I'm a Spotify guy, so we're just gonna say Spotify. But just know, if you're an Apple Music guy, it gets better. You can make a change. But also. Our podcasts are on Apple Music. Anyway, if you want to check us out there, please do. Um, our social media, at MixedDoubles underscore KCOU on Instagram and at Pod on Twitter. If you want to keep up with me and Abigail, I'm at Blaze Fields. Abigail is at Abigail Klapatowskis. Um, Good luck spelling that. <laughs> Sorry. And anyway, that's the whole spiel. Thank you so much for listening, guys. This was Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. And this is When I'm Alone by Girl Puppy. Okay. I am so 